WSJM News Now. This is the 5 o'clock News Block on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM. Brought to you by the Town Crier Wire. In the newsroom, I'm Andrew Green. Project T, a commercial and residential development planned at the site of the former Mercy Hospital in Benton Harbor, has moved another step forward. The project is a partnership between Harbor Habitat and a Renovar development out of Detroit. It's set to include 30 homes and a four-story residential and commercial building, among other things. At a meeting today, the Benton Harbor Planning Commission approved the site plan, sending it on to the full city commission. There are a few details to be ironed out, said Renovair's Shannon Morgan. Certainly, we're still working through the final engineering items as we move through site plan. We appreciate everyone's help who has attended our weekly meetings. As everyone knows, as we have worked to make modifications within this site plan to meet all of the initiatives. One issue is a rebuild of Weld Street, which is currently concrete, but will be rebuilt from asphalt when the project's finished. Commissioner Juanita Henry had an issue with that, saying concrete's a better quality. But Morgan said with costs so high, Project T may not be able to afford a concrete rebuild. Assistant City Manager Alex Little said city engineering staff have approved the asphalt rebuild concept. There's no timetable for construction just yet, but developers say the goal is to get the work on 19 duplexes within 18 months. The city of St. Joseph could be getting a payout from a class action settlement with the makers of PFAS. City commissioners this week heard from Ari Sharg with Edelson PC, a law firm in Chicago. He said 3M and DuPont have agreed to a $13.5 billion settlement over PFAS contamination and water nationwide. Municipalities like St. Joe could receive part of the funds if they seek them. These two companies are the biggest PFAS manufacturers in the country. They're putting $13.5 billion on the table, hoping that that is going to be enough to take care of all this. Char couldn't say just how much the local payment would be, but said it could be substantial. There is a huge sum of money that is available for Michigan cities, and I would encourage you to take advantage of that. Commissioners had to decide if they wanted to opt out of the settlement or hire legal firms to help seek the city's share. Commissioner Michael Fernandez said there doesn't appear to be a downside to seeking the money because the law firms won't cost anything unless a payout is made. The city commission then voted to proceed. Edelson is working with Goodman Acker PC and Connie Bear Law Office on behalf of the city. Shark said the next step is to do more testing for PFAS in the city's water. Several events were approved this week by the St. Joe City Commission, including Lest We Forget's plans for a D-Day reenactment at Discornia Beach in June. Lest We Forget's Larry Wozniak told commissioners last night the group will go all out for the 80th anniversary of the famous invasion. We are hoping to bring in 150 to 200 reenactors. We are hoping to get two or three World War II planes flying overhead. We'll have boats coming off of Lake Michigan, and troops will come off the, off the lake into the water onto the beach, and we'll have the German reenactors up in the sand dunes area. Wozniak said the group's last reenactment was in 2012 with about 5,000 people in attendance. The plan this year is to work with local school districts to secure buses that could be used to bring people to the beach from various locations around the city. The event will be June 22nd, rain or shine. Also last night, commissioners approved March Mannequins, the St. Joe Winter Beer Fest, the Ice Fest, and a Chili Tour, all slated for the next year. How about a refrigerator that has thinner walls so it can store more items? Whirlpool has come up with one. Spokesperson Eleanor Reese tells us the engineering team has developed a new technology called SlimTech, which insulates the walls of the fridge in a new way. We really believe this is one of the greatest innovations in refrigeration in the last 50 years. Our SlimTech insulation is actually the first vacuum-insulated structure in the North American market. SlimTech uses a powdery substance for insulation instead of polyurethane foam. 
That means thinner walls for up to 25% more storage space, or it could mean a smaller fridge with the same amount of storage space. Reese says the new technology is more energy efficient and effective. This material actually insulates better, which also means it keeps food fresher longer. There's better temperature consistency, and we believe it's just better overall in terms of insulation. Reese says the technology has been in development for years and has involved 180 different patents. The material used in SlimTech insulation also has the potential to be recycled, which Whirlpool is working on now. Refrigerators with SlimTech insulation will be built at Whirlpool's operation in Ottawa, Ohio, with the company having invested $65 million in the plant. They'll start to roll out the SlimTech in North America next year in Gen Air model refrigerators. Volunteers from Maytag will be at the Boys and Girls Clubs of Benton Harbor this Thursday for their annual Maytag Day of Dependability. Maytag's Lindsay Jones tells us about 15 volunteers will serve up Thanksgiving meals to about 100, 250 students. That really is just such a fulfilling time spent with the kids, the club. And, you know, there are some kids who don't have a warm meal at home or who might not have someone helping to clear their plate and asking if they need another cup of lemonade or if they want an extra cookie and really just asking them how their day is. Jones says the meal includes chicken, potatoes, veggies, and cookies. They'll have face painting, and that's not all. One of my favorite moments for the Day of Dependability is when the kids from the club kind of put on a special showcase for us. So sometimes they'll have great songs or skits or come with dances. Jones says they call it the Day of Dependability because that's what Maytag wants to be for the youth of Benton Harbor, dependable. Maytag has been holding the event since 2019. Indiana, Michigan Power is reminding customers to be alert for scams for Utility Scam Awareness Day, which is tomorrow. INM is joining utilities around the country to spread the word about the most common scams affecting customers. It says with the holidays about here, it's a high-risk time, so everyone should be on guard. INM says there are four scams in particular that are the most common. First is a scammer who offers to mail a check for overpayment to a customer, getting their personal information in the process. Don't fall for a call like that. Second is fake threats to disconnect service if a customer doesn't pay up right away. INM will send out multiple notices before they disconnect a customer. Third is asking for immediate payment through mobile banking or gift cards. INM would not seek payment through a prepaid gift card. Finally, the company says criminals have started telling homeowners they need to pay for a new meter and make the payment before the meter is installed. That's also a scam. If you receive any calls like the four just described, hang up and report it to INM. And student-athletes at Lakeshore Middle School have been rewarded for their good sportsmanship. The Lakeshore Public Schools Board of Education this week learned the school has been given a Denny Canola Sportsmanship Award from the Fruit Belt Officials Association. Students read some short essays to the board about sportsmanship. Here's 8th grader Sydney Thomas. To me, sportsmanship is not just a game. Sportsmanship is showing respect outside of the game. It is putting an effort to be a good teammate and a player no matter the situation. Other students said sportsmanship means showing kindness to others and caring. Board President Rachel Wade congratulated the kids. You won't remember how many wins you had or how many losses you had. The lessons you learned about being a good person, those are the things that are going to stick with you, and those are the things you talked about so eloquently this evening. So thank you. Middle school principal Allison Aaron said local sports officials looked at schools in the area and decided Lakeshore Middle School is the very best conduct. She said the school is excited and honored. WSJM News Now continues with your Bloomberg report. WSJM News Now continues. Tens of thousands of people have gathered in Washington, D.C. for a March for Israel rally in support of the country during its ongoing war with Hamas. ABC's Ike Giochi has more from Washington. My quality of life um, has changed a lot. 
um, being a Jewish on uh, campuses. Shmuel Saller in New York City says his reasoning for coming to Washington, D.C. for the rally is based on his own personal experience recently felt at universities. We don't have a lot of allies on campuses. Um, and yeah, so I thought it was important to represent that um, voice. Ike Ajachi, ABC News, Washington. Meanwhile, Palestinian authorities are calling for a ceasefire to evacuate three dozen newborns and other patients trapped inside of Gaza's biggest hospital as Israeli forces battled Hamas in the streets just outside and seized more ground across northern Gaza. The Israeli army has encircled Shaifa Hospital, the facility it says Hamas hides in, and beneath to use civilians as shields for its main command base. Hundreds of patients, medical staff, and displaced people are trapped there with dwindling supplies and without electricity to run incubators and other equipment. Gaza's largest hospital has emerged as a symbol of Palestinian suffering in the war between Israel and Hamas that extends far beyond its walls. The White House said today that intelligence does indicate Hamas uses the hospital as a base. A House Republican says he was shoved today, hit in the kidney by former House Speaker Kevin McCarthy. ABC's Stephen Portnoy has more. Yeah, I think it, went it happened right. while Tennessee Congressman Tim Burchett was speaking with an NPR reporter in the basement of the Capitol. Has he done that before? No. The reporter kept rolling as Burchett confronted McCarthy. Why'd you elbow me in the back, Kevin? The former speaker later insisted he didn't do it. I did not run and hit the guy. I did not kidney punch him. Burchett was one of eight Republicans who voted to oust McCarthy as speaker. Another, Matt Gates, has asked the House Ethics Committee to investigate. Stephen Portnoy, ABC News, Washington. President Joe Biden says his goal for his upcoming meeting with Xi Jinping is to get the U.S.-China relationship on a normal course. The president made the comments today just before departing the White House for San Francisco, where he will meet with Xi and attend a summit of Asia-Pacific leaders. Biden's meeting with the Chinese president on Wednesday is the main event of his four-day visit to San Francisco. At the summit itself, he's looking to demonstrate his administration can focus on the Pacific. That's even as he tries to keep the Israel-Hamas war from exploding into a regional conflict and persuade wary Republican lawmakers to continue funding Ukraine's effort to repel Russia's invasion. Meanwhile, the House is expected to vote today on Speaker Mike Johnson's bill to extend funding for government agencies ahead of the Friday night shutdown deadline. ABC's Stephen Portnoy has more. The bill extends funding for some agencies through mid-January and for the others for two extra weeks. Democrats initially expressed their displeasure with a stopgap that had two different expiration dates. But when they realized there weren't any cuts or riders in the bill, the Democrats quietly signaled they wouldn't oppose it. Now facing internal opposition from his fellow Republicans, Speaker Mike Johnson is putting the bill on the floor and requiring a two-thirds majority to pass it. It's the same maneuver Kevin McCarthy employed to avoid a shutdown in late September, and it prompted GOP opponents to come for his gavel. Stephen Portnoy, ABC News, Washington. The House is preparing for that vote to prevent a government shutdown, with new Republican Speaker Mike Johnson forced to reach across the aisle to Democrats when hard-right conservatives revolted against the plan. Johnson was willing to leave his right-flank Republicans behind and work with Democrats today to keep the government open. It's the same political move that cost Kevin McCarthy, the former House Speaker, his job. This time, new Speaker Johnson appears on track for a better outcome. The Senate would act next ahead of Friday's shutdown deadline, but Johnson is facing the same political problem that led to McCarthy's ouster as a hard-right conservative's revolt. That could spell trouble ahead when the funding runs out in January. A new government report on climate change suggests that every area of the U.S. is experiencing its negative effects that are costly and dangerous. ABC's Derek Dennis is more. A billion-dollar disaster every three weeks on average compared to every four months in the 1980s. That's the staggering impact of climate change detailed in the fifth national climate assessment released by the White House. And the report says it's only getting worse. This assessment 
shows us in clear scientific terms that climate change is impacting all regions, all sectors of the United States, not just some. President Biden earmarking $6 billion in incentives, including energy efficiencies to combat wildfires, hurricanes, severe flooding, heat waves and more. Derek Dennis, ABC News. A Michigan judge has ruled former President Trump will remain on the state's primary ballot. A court of claims judge said in an order released today, Trump had followed state procedure to qualify for the ballot and that a clause in the Constitution can't be used to disqualify him. Activists had sued to force Michigan's secretary of state to bar Trump from the ballot. They pointed to a section of the Constitution's 14th Amendment that prohibits a person from running for federal office if they've engaged in an insurrection. Liberal groups have filed similar lawsuits in other states portraying Trump as inciting the violent riot on January 6, 2021. And the man accused of attacking the husband of former House Speaker Nancy Pelosi in their home last year took the witness stand at his federal trial in San Francisco today. More from ABC's Alex Stone. David DePap told the jury he had given in to right-wing beliefs with what started by reading comments to a YouTube video about Donald Trump. He said his plan was to get Nancy Pelosi and other targets to admit to their corruption and to eventually get President Biden to pardon them. He said he wanted to talk to Pelosi about Russian involvement in the 2016 election and that he was going to wear an inflatable unicorn costume and upload his interrogation of her online. But he said when he broke in and she wasn't home, he reacted and attacked Paul Pelosi because DePap's plan was ruined. Alex Stone, ABC News.